Arshad Keefe on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Hour number three, Gresham Keefe. You're at WEEI. No Gresh today. Fitzy is in. A lot going on in the NFL, as there always is. Tom Brady is back. J.C. Jackson is gone. And we welcome in Tom E. Kern from NBC Sports Boston. He joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tom, Keith and Fitzy, how are you, sir? I am tremendous. Two of my favorites. How are you guys doing? Very good. I'll take how are that. You, Tommy? I'll take that. All right, your, your first reaction to the news that Tom Brady was, in fact, after a 40-day retirement, going to come back and play in the NFL again. Holy crap. Yeah. Exclamation point. Already? Question mark, question mark. And in Tampa? Question mark, exclamation point. That sounds I mean, I, about right. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was pegging it at a 60% likelihood of return, but I felt it was going to be more of, you know, my, my door is open to offers, and I thought it would take some time. I guess we all have our theories as to what happened. Mine is that Somehow he either wanted to get assurances from Tampa as to how the 2022 season would go, or he was trying to extricate himself. And when Bruce Arians said five number ones, Brady basically said, well, it's either going to be there or no place, so I better get ready to play back in Tampa. But, Tom, don't you think that uh, Arians in a lot of ways, and and Brady is just built and born and raised and only knows how to play football – uh, don't you think that Arians kind of did him some dirty in a way because Brady extended that deal to give them some relief to bring back enough of the guys last year so they could make a run? And obviously it didn't work out for them, but uh, Brady did enough, brought enough value to that franchise. He should be able to decide. People have got enough Brady fatigue as it is. If he started stomping around mm-hmm. and trying to extricate himself, even though us within who pay closer attention to it would understand why he has a gripe. I think trying to explain to the 75% of people who follow football who might be a little bit more casual about it might say, well, he signed the contract. and it, Yeah, but it was he was trying to extend it to get him under the cap, and it was, you know, no one would get it. Mm-hmm. So he said, whatever, it's still a good team. I still have Godwin. I still have Evans. I still have a number of players I'm comfortable with. I'll bring Gronk back, and we'll go get him again. Do you think Bruce Arians is definitely back? From the folks I spoke to, there is, and again, I think there's more buff and shine now on the situation than there ever was in New England. They understand that it doesn't help to feed the beast of controversy. I'm told there's no schism, no rift. Everything's fine, and it was all overstated. Hmm. Okay, so, Tom, regarding uh, J.C. Jackson yesterday leaving to sign that five-year, $82.5 million deal with the Chargers, were you surprised at the dollar amount that he signed for? And had you heard the Patriots put in anything resembling an offer in that ballpark or somewhere near that? Because I had heard you on the station before say you thought he was gone and they that they weren't going to be paying him that kind of money. But were they anywhere near it or were those all false narratives we may have heard recently? Don't have the number. Phil Perry reported that uh, and he spoke directly to J.C. Jackson on an offer was made around the time of the combine. I don't know how lucrative it was. I would imagine it was probably, I mean, you can't walk up to the guy knowing he's going to make $17 million plus, And that's really what the contract is, even though 5 and 82 looks smaller. It's 
the $54 million guaranteed over the first three years and the $40 million, excuse me, the 54 and the $40 million guaranteed in the first three years makes it a, a great contract for him, regardless of the APY. But the Patriots probably had a hell of a lot different structure to it than the Chargers would have. And they have to because they don't have the money on hand right now, which is why they're sitting on their hands to a large extent. Talking with Tom E. Kern from NBC Sports Boston. And as it relates to J.C. Jackson, and I guess his potential replacements, is this one where you think the Patriots might have something up their sleeve? Or is it like in recent years where Tom Brady leaves, no replacement, Rob Gronkowski leaves, no replacement? Like, Were they prepared to lose J.C. Jackson? And, and I guess what's the alternative? A million percent prepared to lose J.C. Jackson. I'm not sure what the alternative it is. It is. I'm sure there is one. How well it works, we'll right. see. I mean, the, the alternative to, to Brady in 2020 was Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer until Cam Newton sat out there for so long that they said, let's give this guy a shot. So there could be, you know, a little bit of a defensive tweak. We see Chase Winovich go out. We see Kyle Van Noy go out. We see this kid, Mac Wilson, come in. We know Uche and Cam McGrone um, and Raekwon McMillan are all smaller linebackers. We might be on the cusp of a little bit of a defensive tweak where the Patriots are trying to get smaller and faster, and I don't think that's a horrendous idea either. Given the way that teams have to try now to defend not just end zone to end zone, but sideline to sideline against these four and five wide fantasy football style Madden offenses, Tom, it doesn't surprise me either that the Patriots would want to get, like Gerard Mayo said, faster and more explosive on defense. But I just want to ask one question about Winovich. They seem so high on him in the draft. You know, the draft profile, everyone was, you know, espousing all the talking points like, oh, relentless motor, runs on zombie blood. This guy's going to be awesome in New England. (laughs) Then he gets here, right? I mean, these were all the things I remember reading. And then... he didn't, and he didn't work out. Why do guys like this consistently come in and flame out in the Patriots' defense? I don't get it. I don't think the Bill Belichick sometimes likes the cut of their jib. I mean, these guys want to be pass rushers. Um, he wasn't untalented by right. any stretch. I mean, he, you know, would get to the quarterback. He would create havoc um, on the pocket, even if he wasn't getting home. But I think to do that, he had to play in a way that wasn't as sound as a Rob Ninkovich, for instance. He could get abused in the run game. Um, He had to play a little bit undisciplined in terms of trying to get to the quarterback and to get around the edge. I just don't think that he was their cup of tea. Um, And, again, I I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he goes to Cleveland and has like a seven- or an eight-sack season Mm -hmm. and makes some plays. The Patriots are just wedded to a certain way of doing things. And I'll tell you what. You look at Winovich going someplace else in a trade right now and look at all the other players like Joan Williams or Nikhil Harry, who they wouldn't be able to trade because there's no value to them in terms of teams saying, why, why should we send something back for someone you're ultimately going to have to cut? Winovich has value around the league. He just didn't have the value the Patriots thought he was going to have here. How big of a loss do you think Ted Karras will end up being going to a Cincinnati team that desperately needed offensive linemen. When he first signed back here, I thought he was going to be a backup. He ended up being a starter yeah. and, and really good. I mean, that's the thing is I never really got over looking at Ted Karras as, you know, a career backup mm-hmm. in a pinch, get in there and hold it down for a few plays. But last year proved when Mike Onwenu 
came back and, and or Trent Brown came back at the right tackle spot that Onwenu had been at, and you presumed that Onwenu was going to go to uh, left guard and they just left Ted Karras there. It's not because Onwenu stunk. He's still the future, I think, in many ways to, you know, so a solid offensive line, part of that. But Karras, they couldn't, they couldn't dislodge him. So he was a very valuable player. And obviously, $15 million deal, even though it's $5 million. Isn't it funny how, too, as an aside, we kind of got to get a break, got to get our brains around the rising costs and contract values. Yes. $15 million now in a $210 million salary cap isn't the same as it was mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. But yeah, it's a good contract for, you know, a borderline starter who is going to bring you plenty. Yeah, Christian Kirk would like to also say, and $21 million isn't the same as it used to be either. <laughs> Just an insane, that now Aguilar looks like a, a value. But Tom, last year it seems like the, some of these years you have to catch a break with somebody maybe taking their talents to market, not getting what they want, and then coming back and signing for a more Belichick-friendly deal like Larry Guy and David Andrews who didn't get the money in the free agent market that they thought they were going to get last year, and they came back at a, well, Patriots-friendly price, and that doesn't seem to be... Mm-hmm. The case this year, at least so far, not with Ted Karras and such. How much more overhauling do you think the offensive line is is going to get? And could a free agent like Marcus Cannon come back in case Trent Brown prices himself out? I think Marcus Cannon wanted out, OWT. Um, okay. And he got it and he went to Houston. And I think that I would be surprised if he continues playing because he was a, a bit on the fence prior. But um, Trent Brown obviously is someone they're going to want to bring back. But he's played, I believe, like 60, 25 of the last 49 games that he was eligible to play in. So do you still give him $9, 10 11 $12 million in a deal because he is that good when he's out there? Or do you say that's the equivalent of $18 million, Trent, because you're only out there half the time? So that's a sticky spot. And again, those guys who came back on lower-cost contracts, they had the misfortune of being free agents in a year where the cap died and there weren't enough people in the store doing the shopping. So it, I just finished writing a column today. I mean, I think that we all look at the Patriots and there's a lot of people who say, what are they even doing over there? <laughs> and you have to understand that you went to Disney World last year. You can't go every year. Certainly not here. Mm-hmm. Go back to Whalen Park. <laughs> hey, it's a whale of a time. Who does right? Now, Tom, these wide receivers are starting to sign. A couple of the, the elite guys got franchised by their teams, but then even some of the other guys, even though we made fun of the contract, but Christian Kirk has signed and, and DJ Chark has signed. I know there was some rumors out there about Allen Robinson. As far as anybody that's better than guys they have on the roster right now, how realistic do you think it is that they sign one of these wide receivers before the draft? They're going to get somebody, I'm sure. I mean, I think Valdez Scantling is going to be more likely than Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. The reason being, Allen Robinson is going to have to be a sixteen million dollar guy. I mean, right. what was what was the APY on on Christian Kirk again? I mean, it was twenty one. It's not all guaranteed, obviously, yeah. but it was insane. Yeah, it was twenty one. Yeah, so Robinson is a better player, right? Kirk might have better upside, but he's still not going to give you a hundred catch season the way Robinson did, most likely. So Robinson's going to be in. 19, 20 million dollar range. Valdez Scantling is probably in the 14 or 15 million dollar range, given what Aguilar was and the fact that, I mean, when you look at Valdez Scantling, he's 6'5, 230. If the Patriots believe that they need a boundary receiver who can fly, that's the only guy who can really do it at somewhat of a price you can reach. 
I personally don't believe that, and I think I'm part of it is I'm just gun shy from the parade of yeah. Josh Gordon's, Kenny Britt's, Nikhil Harry's, who just don't work out. And that might have been tied to the previous quarterback, too, that it didn't work out because of him. But I would have preferred to see a Braxton Berrios signing. If they had Braxton Berrios here, and I knew they wouldn't, you know, say we released him last year, and now we're going to give him $12 million two years later. No, I don't think so. But that's the kind of player they need. Mm-hmm. Two for 12 for Berrios actually sounded like a pretty good deal, considering there were some reports that he was looking for upwards of uh, eight, nine per season and would want more years. So, yeah, he would have been a great scheme fit, but sometimes sometimes you get him, sometimes they get away. And, look, I think we all kind of agree that the Patriots need a boundary receiver because uh, it was your colleague, our pal Phil Perry, who heard out at the Combine that the Patriots were a little easy to game plan for or defend because – you know, they faced one you know, single high safety more than almost any team in the AFC because nobody nobody really respects the deep or downfield passing game with them. Um, so it'll be a priority hopefully here and maybe at the draft. But a lot of teams around the Patriots, Tom, have made big improvements already. The Jets went out and got Uzoma. They got that uh, huge uh, the Lake and Tomlinson yesterday. Miami's making moves with the new coach. Who in the AFC East do you think has had the best off season thus far and who do you fear most at nipping at the Patriots heels for that second spot or maybe even being a playoff team well I guess it's TBD I mean I don't think the Jets I mean the Jets have to be better I, I, I honestly I mean free agency starts tomorrow and then the draft in April I couldn't even ballpark who's had the best off season so far 50 but okay. I, I couldn't even the Broncos chalk it up but I, I would say <laughs> maybe, that right. yeah. yep, it's the when we look at the Patriots for instance mm-hmm. You've seen Josh McDaniels go out. You've seen J.C. Jackson go out. You've seen Kyle Van Noy go out. Those are productive and important players. We're not even getting into the other assistant coaches. Right, sure. What have they brought back? Mac Wilson. How did the team end last year? On a one-and-four streak, and they got their doors blown off by their AFC East rival and didn't force a punt in either game. So they got a lot of work to do once real free agency begins and the draft comes, and I would keep this in your back pocket, too. The guys that they did sign last year, Johnny Smith and Nelson Aguilar, they better get more from them this year because, you know, that's the ship hasn't sailed on those guys. But they better figure out a way to make something out of these guys who have $10 million cap hits. Last thing, Tom, real quick, just to circle back to what we started with. Do you think Tom Brady 100% plays for the Buccaneers this year, or is there any chance he plays somewhere else? I would say 95% the Bucks, unless the Bucks can get some unbelievable. They're, they're resigning guys with the presumption that Brady's going to be there. He's sending out the obligatory LFGs, so unfinished businesses. Right. Yeah, he has so much. He has so much unfinished paper. business. This guy, I'm like, you, you have not fin- you had a great career. You got to go back there and finish that business. You know, the, the interesting thing is too, and that was my theory as to why he would return. Was he's a corporation now, and to miss out on a farewell tour and the Brady brand and pushing all his yeah, yep. whether it be TB12 or the apparel or NFTs or crypto or whatever. I mean, there's got to be a billion dollars worth of value present in Tom Brady's 2022 season. Again, I'm not an yeah, economist. We'll, we'll get Ravel on that. It might be overstated. <laughs> no, it's a ton for sure. All right, he's Tom E. Carn. You can check out all his stuff, NBC Sports Boston. Tom, thanks for the time, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Thanks right. for having me. See you. All right, good stuff. Always fun, Tommy.